Welcome to the Fika with Friends podcast. I'm your host, Tasmin Lofthouse, and I'm a freelance copywriter, content marketer, and your business best friend. Just like the Swedish tradition of Fika, the Fika with Friends podcast is your chance to step away from work and be present in the moment as you find clarity, purpose, and success for the future. So pop the kettle on and enjoy some cake as we chat about all the ways you can grow and shine in every avenue of life as a business owner, entrepreneur, or leader. Welcome back to the podcast. Today, I'm joined by Victoria Jackson, who is a manifestation coach, the founder of the Manifestation Collective, an author, and just an all-round ray of sunshine and serenity. Vic, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for joining me today. Thank you, my love. What a gorgeous introduction, a ray of sunshine. I love it. (laughs) You are, though. Like I feel like whenever you show up on stories or like whenever you're showing up in your group and you're just talking about everyday life and what you do like you bring so much positivity like it's just like glowing thank you I love that when I show up on stories sometimes I can be quite honest like say do I sometimes I'll, I'll share like the real truth of like business or what I'm annoyed about but I think that's probably the key why people enjoy my content because I'll show up and I might be positive one day but other times I might be raging as well so (laughs) we've not got any toxic positivity here anyway yeah absolutely it's all about striking that balance isn't it because I mean everything you do is to do with energy right so you don't want to be bringing negative energy into your spaces it's finding that balance between being positive but also being like you know what like this is life and sometimes life is shit (laughs) 100% and that's so funny I've actually just written that in the second book that I'm writing now that it's not a human nature to feel happy all of the time. Like we have like this range of emotions because actually we're meant to feel all of these emotions. And if you're struggling, like, for example, I'll speak to people in business and they're saying like, I'm going through a really tough season right now. And I'm like, that's valid. Like, don't ever let anybody say, well, you know, you need to move past that and you need to kind of do this. And of course, they're going to be tools and stuff that you can lean on. But just embrace and give yourself the grace to experience the season that you're in. And I feel like we've just gone straight into the podcast and it's like, hello, I'm Victoria. Nice to meet you. It's like, hello, I'm Victoria. And here's all my wisdom, like from the get go. But you're absolutely right. Businesses go through seasons. We have ups, we have downs. I've had periods where I wanted to burn my entire business to the ground. And I've just spent days crying like every single day. Whereas now I'm in that headspace where I can be like, okay, like this is what's happening. This is just a thing that is happening in my business. It is not like a reflection on me. It doesn't have to like grind me to the ground. It's okay if I cry sometimes, but like you can't let yourself sit in that space too long. What advice do you have around that? Because I imagine this is something that plays into the work that you do with people and helping them move from that, I guess, scarcity mindset to Mm -hmm. abundance. And I guess what you're saying is it's kind of a spectrum, right? We have all these emotions, we feel these emotions, but it's getting yourself to the place where you're not paralysed by it. There's something called the emotional guidance skill that Abraham Hicks speaks about. It's where you start at the bottom with a low vibration and that could be like fear, it could be like hopelessness, it could be, you know, grief or anything that you're feeling. And then you go up this scale, but it's like nigh impossible to jump from fear right up to the top of the scale to like happiness and joy and you know so in that middle ground there's this feeling of gratitude this this feeling of hope of optimism 
And it's moving up the scale to think, right, okay, whilst things feel really tough in business now, let me just find something that I can feel grateful for. I always use this example, but if you're in a situation where you think, oh, my social media following is not growing at all, and you're so focused on who is not following you and the numbers that are not there, you're almost ignoring the abundance that you have in front of you that even if you've got, for example, 100 followers on Instagram and you've just started your business and you are comparing yourself to these people that have got, you know, hundreds of thousands of followers, actually, you're missing the abundance there that if you had 100 people in this room that you could talk to about your business, just get them excited and share your passion, that would be so powerful. So it's about looking for those small moments of magic in business, I think, and really just allowing yourself to say, right, do you know what? I get that I'm in this season and I feel this lack, but I'm going to actively choose to move through it by looking at just small moments of gratitude that I can focus on. I love that phrase, small moments of magic. How do you make sure you're stopping and appreciating those moments? Because obviously, whether you're in that place of scarcity and everything's going wrong, or whether you're thriving and everything's going right, it's still really hard to just stop and appreciate what's happening right now and what's going well. How would you recommend people make sure they are feeling that sense of appreciation and gratitude for where they are and using it, I guess, as a tool to drive them to where they want to be? When I looked at those journal entries that I was doing back in 2017 and looking at what I would write then, it'd be like, I'd love to work for myself. You know, I'd love to earn £3,000 a month coaching clients or doing whatever I wanted to do back in 2017. All I knew is I wanted to work for myself and I wanted that freedom to be able to go out and to take my laptop and work anywhere in the world. And it's now looking back at those journal prompts that I think, oh my God, actually, I've come so far. There are times when I'll feel like, oh, I'm not at the place where I thought I would be at this time or, you know, comparing myself to other people. And I look back at those journal entries and think 2017 Vicky would be so proud of where I am now. Even if things haven't gone down the path that I envisioned, actually, some things are better than I could ever have imagined and and really enabling you to just celebrate where you've come because there'll be a past version of yourself that is looking, thinking, wow, you've done amazingly well. Yeah, scripting is such an important part of that journey. And I really like what you said about even if things haven't go as expected. I do a lot of journaling. I do the future self exercise quite a lot as well where I will like envision myself so today is like the 21st of September 2023 so I'll envision myself on this day in 2024 and I'll journal as if I'm in that moment like you said I'm making whatever amount of money I live this kind of life I do this every morning and I'll do this exercise quite a lot and then I will look back at it that year later and sometimes I look at it and I'm like who are amazing. I'm actually living my life in a way that I once dreamed of. And other ways I'll look at it and go, that's really funny. Why did I write that? I don't want to do that at all. That happens all the time to people. On New Year's Eve, when I'm doing workshops in my membership, we get people to write a letter to the future self. And then we read back the ones that we wrote last year. And I read mine and I said, I don't know why that version of Vicky was asking for this thing because now actually it's so not aligned to the vision that I had in the business. And me and you have spoken about this previously. And I once had the vision to be a six-figure business. I was going to grow the manifestation collective to a certain point. And actually I reached that point of being six figures and I 
pulled the business back because it wasn't aligned to the way that I wanted to run it. I didn't want to hire a full team. I didn't want to have to sort everything out for VAT. I'd work, I'm going to say like 12 hours a week now. And I earn, I'm quite open about money and I hope that I'm free to speak about it on your podcast. I am very much a believer in talking about money. Like it shouldn't be a taboo topic. And the only way to make sure everyone is earning fairly, doing right things with the money is to talk about it. So completely open here. (laughs) Amazing. So I'd reached that point and I was like, right, okay, I'm at a tipping point where I could either push forward and make more and more and more money. And I knew that it would cost me my time, my health, you know, and I was, I've had a really kind of tough year health wise. And I thought, hang on, what does my dream life consist of? And I wrote everything down. I calculated it. It meant being able to travel when I wanted. It meant being able to hire somebody to work alongside me, Sasha, who was amazing. But I don't need a big team. It it enabled me to think, right, I can give my mum and dad some money if I need to. And actually that amount of money took me under the VAT threshold of 85,000. And it meant that now I just get to pick and choose when I say yes to things instead of constantly feeling like I have to go, go, go and make more because I call myself like a slowpreneur. I love that term. I'm so tired of the constant push that every year needs to be a year where you do more or achieve more. And actually, I'm tired. I just want to enjoy what I've built and just keep it a balanced day, if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. I know you talk about this as building a soulful business. Yeah. And I speak about it in a similar concept as building a feel-good business because it's building what feels good to you. And yeah, you're right. We've spoken about this quite a lot and it's a journey we've both been on where for whatever reason, you have this vision of what your dream business looks like. And for you, that was building like a six-figure business. For me, that was building this agency, having a team, earning all the money. And then you kind of get close to that point or you reach that point. And then for whatever reason, because your priorities have changed or you realize that goal was from external influences, you kind of get there and go, no, this isn't good. I don't like this. And you're absolutely right that it's not just about the financials. You have to look at all the other avenues of what brings you joy and what makes up a soulful business in your terms, like what makes it something that you actually love running. The thing is as well, I almost feel like it comes from a place of privilege to say oh you know I I turned from a six-figure to a five-figure business but you know I've been building the business since 2018 and been building a community since 2009 when I started to blog and I feel like we've been online friends for a long long time now right and you get to a stage where it's almost as if like you say you pass the money and whilst I feel like that is a very privileged thing for me to say I have worked hard to get to this point where I can say okay I want some time back. I'd rather look after my health than be always striving for something else. And, you know, you look online and we are bombarded with, well, I'm not anymore because I've tried to mute all of the words. But at one point I was heavily influenced by the community online that were, it wasn't even a six figure month anymore, a six figure year. It was a seven figure month. And all these people were coming forward and being like, I've had a million dollar month. And I'm just like, hang on, guys, I just really want to make £6,000 a month and I'm good to go. But if I was going to create a soulful business, I had to surround myself by people who were living with the same slowpreneur, soulful way of, of running a business as well. 
Yeah, surrounding yourself with the right people plays a huge role in it, doesn't it? And I'm same as you where that 6,000 mark is where I feel like that's where I need to be. So like currently I volley between 3.5 to like 10,000 a month. And it varies, but ultimately it probably evens out around that mark where I'm going, this is what I need to live a life that fulfills me in more ways than just money. You said, obviously, it's coming from a place of like privilege to be able to cut back and go, hey, do you know what? I don't need to earn all that. But I think it's kind of good to talk about the financials and the other aspects of business because right now we're in a cost of living crisis where people are probably more likely to put a hold on living their dream business to just chase the money. What can people do to kind of realign and make sure that they're not getting tunnel vision and chasing that, oh, this person earns seven figures a year, so I need to be doing that, or everything's going up in price, so I need to say yes to every project that comes my way, rather than going, actually, that doesn't feel good to me, that's not soulful, that doesn't fill my cup, and say no to it. Certain like manifestation, it's about tuning into what feels aligned to you. And I have clients that say this and people in my membership that say, I've said yes to a client because I'm scared that no more work will come in. And I suspect that most people listening to this podcast have been in a situation where we say yes to something, we instantly in our gut know that it's not the right thing to say, but we're scared that if we don't say yes, then no other work is going to come in. We think that this is the end. This is the last job that we're ever going to get. And actually, from being a business owner for so many years now, If you release yourself energetically from working with people and projects and opportunities that do not feel aligned, that cause you stress, that cause you a gut feeling that's negative, you allow yourself, you free that resistance and you allow things that are much more suited to flow into your business. That gut feeling, it holds a lot more power than we think. We ignore it a lot when in actual fact we should be listening to our gut, like it's very intuitive. It's a good time to kind of touch on that idea of manifestation. And as a whole, some people absolutely love it. They're all for manifestation. And then other people will roll their eyes as soon as they hear the word and they'll be like, oh, it's really woo-woo and like it doesn't hold any substance. But when you really dig into what manifestation is, it is just psychology. It's mindset work. It's listening to your gut and being in tune with what you want subconsciously, right? The myth that people have is that, oh, well, you just think something and it comes into your reality. Like that's what manifestation is. And that's why people are so cynical to it. And I was the most cynical person that you could have met when it came to manifestation. And that's why I see why people feel a certain way. And it's because I listened to The Secret, which is synonymous with the law of attraction and manifestation. And I listened to it on Audible three times. And it was the third time that it really clicked for me. And it was like, okay. Whilst at that point, I wasn't necessarily spiritual, I didn't really understand speaking to the universe or anything like that at that point in life, I was open to being able to set intentions and get really clear on the vision that I wanted for life and that I could include more gratitude practices in every day and start to look at things that I was really thankful for because when we focus on what we're thankful for, more things come into our life, more opportunities and more reasons to be thankful So that's kind of the route that I went down and I started to investigate people like Dr. Joe Dispenza and Dr. Tara Swart, who wrote book The Source. And all of these people were neuroscientists, for example, looking at the mindset behind manifestation. And that really helped me move away from the woo behind it and look more at 
the science. And this is what I'll tell people. If you come to work with me, we blend spirituality, you know, because I am connected to the universe now. I do have that kind of spiritual. I had a bit of a, oh, such a cliche to say spiritual awakening, but I did have this kind of awakening where I feel connected to a higher power. However, I do love the science behind it. And I do love how we can reprogram neural pathways to believe positive affirmations, etc. So there's always like that mindset and the science and the soulfulness when you come to work with anything that I do, not just work with me in my book, in my podcast, etc. So yeah, I think we can blend it all. And I think that's where the power comes in, right? Blending that spirituality and that trust that things will work out with actually taking the action and reframing things on a deeper mindset, psychological level as well. Yeah, 100%. Um, obviously, you've not always been spiritual, which is quite interesting to me. My journey with spirituality, I think it's like ebbed and flowed, and it's been something that's been in the background and I've not really done. So I remember when I was 10 years old, I would buy, and please let me know if you remember this, a magazine that I think was called Mind, Body, Spirit. I can't remember that okay. magazine. So about 10 years old. <laughs> I was like 10 years old. This was it was not a magazine for 10-year-olds. Like I know it would have really racy sections in it, talking about like sex lives and like stuff like that. But I was obsessed with it. Like I was fascinated by this idea of spirituality and like crystal healing and all the mindset stuff of it. I actually think the first edition that I bought, it came with a clear quartz crystal, like a really huge chunky like wand. And I would sit that crystal next to the family computer. So it would pass the energy through the computer and like stop it from breaking. I'm I don't know if it worked, but I was like, I was fully tuned in to this crystal healing, going outside and doing full moon rituals at the age of 10 years old. At 10 years old, I was probably stealing my sister's more magazine with Position of the Fortnight in and thinking, oh my goodness, what is this magazine? <laughs> yeah, stuff we shouldn't be exposed to at 10. Like, forget like Ms. Magazine or whatever the ones for kids Girl were. Talk. Like, it was the juicy stuff. <laughs> that was just something I was interested in. And then as I got older, I guess it kind of just slipped away from me. I got into like everyday life and lost connection with that spirituality and then I reckon it's probably only when starting my business that I reconnected with it when you start a business you go through so many emotions and so many experiences and you are betting on yourself 24 7 so I think if you've not got that deeper connection with yourself you find it really hard so I guess that's what brought me back to that spirituality so when would you say your manifestation path started well, I actually discovered manifestation in 2015. When I look back, I've always manifested things like you yeah. see when you're a child or a teenager. And I always kind of thought something and it would happen. And at that point, I was like, oh, my God, have I got psychic powers or something? And you don't really understand the concept of manifestation. But I discovered the idea of it in 2015. And I was in a very, very low point in life. And I think my connection to the universe probably strengthened. I'm going to say probably in 2019, but it really deepened in 2020 because I felt like a lot of things were out of my control and lots of people will have been feeling at that stage yeah. and as we were going through the pandemic. And I felt like I needed something to grasp onto. I needed some faith. I needed something to trust in that everything would be okay. And whilst I was very much like teaching about manifestation and that was a way of life for me at that point, I'd manifested lots of things. 
So I knew that there was some kind of higher power. But even before lockdown happened in February 2020, I was in a really, really bad mental health state. Not many people know this because I don't ever really share it. But if you'd have seen me online, I was showing up as normal, you know, being happy, joyful, as usual, speaking about manifestation and behind the scenes. I was in such a bad state and had to end up ringing the NHS to get some help. And I ended up getting some therapy and stuff. But anyway, that was the catalyst, I think, that really strengthened those routines that I did, those rituals that, you know, speaking to the universe. Like I go into the car and when I'm driving, like I will talk to what I think is my supportive higher power. The universe is me. It's all around me. It's everything that I see that I am. And I speak to, I say her, but you'll have to forgive me because some people get annoyed when I say, like I put a gender to it, but I speak to the universe and I class it as a, as a her, she. So I'll say, you know, what I'm grateful for. And I'll say universe, you know, like I would love, I do this all the time, universe, can you please help me get a parking space outside the dentist? Like it would be amazing to get a parking space right outside. And every time I'll drive and there'll be a parking space on this super busy town street that I can just nip into. And I would say, universe, please don't make it one that I have to parallel park. Let me just drive into a space where I don't have to parallel park. And it always works. I love that. I've heard you tell that story before as well. And I'm like, surely not. Like, how does that work? But I guess like you're right. Like it's just in your mindset. Because I guess if one day you went and there wasn't a space, you'd be in a much positive space that you wouldn't mind. Let's use scratch cards, for example. I'm not a gambler, but sometimes yeah. I'll get don't a nice little gambling. scratch card. <laughs> we don't promote gambling, but I, I'll get like a little scratch card, just a one pound one. And I'll say, universe, wouldn't it be amazing if I won my money back on this? If I won a pound or I won two pounds. And sometimes I win. Majority of the time, I'm not going to lie. I do, you know, I've won a little pound or something. But when I do, I always say, oh, not to worry, universe, like I can't wait for next time. And it's not any, like I don't hold that connection to it. And it's same with a parking space, you know, like, for example, if I drove and there wasn't a parking space, I have said in the past, oh, universe, not to worry, I'm going to go drive around the block and let's see if, if something can happen. And when I've come around the block, somebody's leaving and I'm able to get into that parking space. And a parking space is a really good way to start your manifestation experiments. If you want to start small, let's start asking the universe for just a parking space or just a really easy commute to work or something, something that feels good, but it's not something that you're thinking, oh, well, how am I going to manifest a lottery win? And a little story, I said when I moved into this house, this house, I have decided it is a lucky house. I've made the decision. I'm going to welcome so much love and abundance into my life in this house. And since being here in February, I have won the postcode lottery seven times. Now, by the way, guys, it might seem like I'm a bit of a gambler. I'm not. <laughs> like I just do the postcode lottery and I'll buy like a little one pound scratch card now and again. But it's just that flow of abundance because I decided that this house was going to be lucky for me. I'm going to sign up to the postcode lottery. That's what I'm taking away from this. <laughs> I get my email and it says, you have won the postcode lottery. And then I have to check it and it's another £10. I'm like, universe you are getting me ready for the 30k drop like i will be telling the story on instagram that i've manifested a thirty thousand pound win for the postcode lottery i just know just, it just building up to it it's just easing you into it it's warming but, me up <laughs> you're absolutely right though like it's about where you put your energy and where you are focusing that like i think a really good example is when you're in a really bad mood and you're really angry and nothing's going right and then you snag your sleeve on a door handle and it's like the end of the world, right? Like 
you're furious at that point you want to like rip the door off the hinges like you're just stomping the whole day is going wrong but that's because you're in that negative space in terms of your energy but if you're in like a positive space you'd be like not to worry that's fine that happened moving on swiftly so you kind of have to put your energy where you want to be in yeah, terms you of have like, a what you want to attract like your mind is literally built to look for evidence of what your thoughts are. Like you've got a filter system called the reticular activating system. And what happens is if you were to put your goals and desires and be like, right, this is what I'm focusing on. This is why I get people to do a vision board because they, I'm looking at mine right now. You could look at it on a daily basis and remind yourself what you're actually trying to manifest in your life. That filter system is then going to say, right, okay, I know that you want to manifest a press, you know, something, you know, being in the press or something. Your mind will then start to look for and notice opportunities that you might not have spotted if that wasn't your goal. The reticular activating system works. If you decide to get a red car, a red minute, I don't know if they do red minutes, but you will start to notice more of those on the road because your filter system has kicked in because it knows what you want to look for. So why not ask it to look for positive evidence and abundance in your life? When you like think about a car and then you see it everywhere and it's, you just yeah. can't avoid it. But before that moment, you never would have seen it in your life. But yeah. it's just because you've zoned in on that and you said to your brain, hey, this is important and this is what I want you to focus on. So yeah. if you're in that negative headspace and you're focused on that, you're going to breed more negativity. But if you're in a positive headspace and you're focusing on like your goals and your vision and where you want to be, what you're going to see right absolutely and I really like the example you gave when it comes to like manifesting money don't just go all out like balls to the wall I want to manifest a million pounds start small like manifest finding like a pound on the floor or yeah. something you're probably going to walk the street and you'll actively be looking and going oh look there's 20p there's 5p and next thing you know you've built up a pound from just picking up change <laughs> I say to these people all the time because I primarily work with people who run their own business and they will say, but I want to make £10,000 months, okay? And I say, right, can you energetically believe that that is possible for you? And they'll say no. And I'll say, right, okay, well, let's do it in incremental steps. Like I didn't start a business and make £10,000 months straight away. I, I thought to myself, if I could make £1,300, that's what I knew that I could make. And it was about moving up the manifestation ladder by incremental steps because you allow yourself to believe and we call it like the energetic minimum so I never really earned less than three thousand pound a month but there would have been a time where my energetic minimum was 500 pound and it was like okay I know that whatever happens I can make 500 pounds so start small and if you're not in business and you're listening to this then maybe you could say to yourself right I am gonna manifest five pounds ten pounds and it could be something where you find it in an old bag or somebody gifts you it. In manifestation, I tell people to release the how and the when. They're none of our business. We can set the intention. We release it to the universe and we take some kind of aligned action towards it. We set the intention. But controlling how it's going to come and when it's going to come, that's not how manifestation works. We have to release it and trust that it will come when the perfect timing is there in divine timing. Yeah, I love that. And I love that idea of, what did you call it, that minimum energetic? Oh, like a, a minimum energetic minimum of what yes. you can earn. Yeah. I love that because that, I guess that also stops you from belittling yourself or like going for less than actually where you want to be. Yeah, absolutely. Everybody should set an energetic minimum. And, you know, we have like a, I don't ever want to put a cap, but 
you will have like an energetic maximum as well, almost like you want to say like a glass ceiling and you can move that in incremental steps. So it could be like, I know that I will always make £500 in business. Okay. So I know that I've, I've done that and I can do it again and again. However, I am going to move my energetic maximum to maybe 3,500 next month and see how I can open myself up to different routes that the universe can deliver abundance to. Money, abundance, opportunities, whatever you want to say, can flow to you in such weird, wonderful, unexpected ways. And I think we try to control how it's going to happen. Like, for example, for me, it could be, well, I only have space for five one-to-one -one clients. So, so that means I'm only going to make so-and-so, so-and-so. But actually, what could happen is, like exactly what did happen, a random email one Thursday morning from a publishing house that said, we found your podcast. We've read what you've put on your blog. We'd love you to write a book on manifestation for us. I would never have expected on that Thursday morning that that was going to happen. But we open ourselves up and say, do you know what, universe? This is the amount of money that I want to attract. This is what I want to receive this month. I trust that you're going to deliver it to me in the highest way and the best way possible. Yeah, incredible. And was writing a book on your vision board? In 2017, I put a Facebook status, which is amazing because I can go back to it. Good old Facebook. <laughs> just putting it out there, guys, that I am going to manifest a book deal. And at that time, I was working full time, but I had a blog in interior design. And I truly believed at that point, it was going to be a book about how to decorate your rental property. So I mocked the front cover up, how to decorate your rental property. And five years later, I'm working in a completely different industry, one that I would never have even imagined at that point. And the book is about something completely different. So that is releasing the how and the when. Like yeah. I knew that it was going to be a book. I didn't know what it was going to be about necessarily. But five years later, the universe delivered. That is amazing. That bit about letting go of the how and the why and the when, yeah. that's a hard thing to do, right? Because you want to control your future, but you don't really have that much control over it. So, so what would you say for those people who struggle letting go from that? Like, What can they actually do to go, do you know what, I'm going to put the trust in that this will happen, however it happens? Letting go is the hardest part of manifestation. You can do a vision board, you can set your intention, but... We do like to control the situation around us. It's a protective mechanism. So we will almost strangle that desire. We're gripping so hard. We need to know when it's going to happen and how it's going to happen. We think that we need to protect ourselves that way, but we don't. So what I will say to people is, why don't we look at how we can make the core of our lives right now as joyful, as balanced, as peaceful, as content, whatever energy you want to call in, as much of that now that anything that comes in is just a bonus. So let's release it. Let's think, okay, if this doesn't happen, I know I've got a plan B. If you are trying to manifest money and you have to have it by the end of the month because you're not going to pay your bills, like this is something that people will speak to me all the time. And that energy, that franticness, that grip is so valid because I've been there. I've, I know that feeling very, very well. It's about saying to myself, okay, if I wasn't able to get this money, if I wasn't able to manifest it, how else am I going to be able to pay those bills? And what I get people to do is make a list of all the different ways it could be, okay, I might have to apply for a credit card. I might have to ask my parents to lend me money. There's lots of different routes that you could go down if you needed to. However, you won't because when you release that feeling, that grip, that tightness, 
you let your manifestation breathe. And I'm just going to speak from personal experience here. I had a very, very poor relationship with money in my 20s. I've been quite open about that. And I only really started to do money mindset work as I entered my early 30s. And it was by releasing and trusting that money would come in that I feel like has really helped me in business as well. It's helped me just being able to trust that by the end of the month, I will have the money that I desire because I'm open to where it's been delivered. But I know that if it didn't come, I have things that I can lean on to be able to pay the mortgage or the rent or whatever it may be. That makes perfect sense. Fear is there to protect us and to keep us safe and secure. But at the same time, that fear holds you back from achieving your potential and what you want to do. So I love how you kind of package that up as like, right, this is the route you want to go down, but here's how else you could achieve it. So you're kind of, you're keeping that voice of fear happy, aren't you? You're kind of going like, look, it's okay because we've got our backup plan. We're, We're secure, we're safe. Look, we know that these are all the ways we can get there, but we're focusing on this. It's very rare that you'll need to use your plan B. I know people might be listening to this podcast just thinking, what is she talking about? I am talking just from experience with clients, things that I see around me all the time that when you release the how and the when and the control, you'll very, very rarely need to lean on a plan B. And if you do, something will work out in the end anyway to bring you back to the path that you were meant to be on. Tim Ferriss, he talks about in terms of fear setting and it's the exact same process where you kind of go, right, this is the goal I want to achieve and here's what would go wrong if it didn't happen and then here's what I would do to combat that and here's what else I could do to combat it and you just kind of reverse engineer that fear and go no big deal so what if I have to do this I can get back on track like it doesn't have to derail the whole journey people say oh I feel like I'm back at square one now and I don't think we're ever back at square one I think that even if we have gone down a different path that might not be suited The faith I have in the universe now or, you know, a higher power is that I'm still being led to something else. And, you know, such a cliche to say, but no is a next opportunity and you're never rejected. You're only redirected. And we've just got to trust that if something isn't working right now, that we are releasing it because we know that something bigger and better is coming. I love that. I'm going to start using that acronym now. I'm going to be like, next opportunity. It's fine. We're good. Like I had a pitch I put in for for a project I really wanted to win and it was one of those that it was on like the uncomfortable scale that was out of my comfort zone but I was like you know what I'm gonna go for it and in that moment I did kind of trust in the universe where I was like look I would love to win this but I'm not gonna like put everything into it so I put my pitch in I put in what I thought was like rock solid best I could do and then let it go they came back and they were like we've gone with somebody else but to me I'm like well that's fine. Like I've not like dwelled on that. I've not like beat myself up over it. And I'm happy to just move on like next opportunity. Like that's happened. That's fine. What else is there? Where are we going next? And it will free you up to something that is going to come along because what I always say is that whilst we might assume that something is going to be amazing for us, I feel like the universe can sense that down the line there's going to be some kind of stress. There's going to be some kind of reason that we regret doing what we've done. And I always say this about people say to me, well, I thought I'd manifested my dream house, but it's fallen through. What happened? And I'm like, trust me, you will look back in hindsight and say that wasn't the dream house that we were meant to be in. We found something else or, you know, there's a reason why the universe knows that that isn't your particular dream house. Just got to trust the process. And yeah, 
it's just I love speaking about stuff like this but you'll notice that I dip in and out of like business guidance but then also come back to just life manifestation as well that's all related isn't it like you're not just a business body you are a multifaceted human being who has a business but also has personal interests and other stuff going on it's all interconnected so you can't just look at it in silo like I have a business coach and I reached out to her and was like right Charlotte everything's going wrong here's how I feel here's what's happening and she was like is this just showing up in your business no it's everywhere like it's all around me like it's in every hobby and everything that I do because it is it's all connected so it makes sense that you flow between the business coaching to then helping people work through the life aspects as well like you say it's so deeply woven when you run your own business that I know we like to say that we could switch off. I don't feel like you necessarily switch off, even if you go on a two-week holiday, I think, when you're in your own business. And especially when you love what you do, little parts of it are still going to be woven into day-to-day life. And I think that when you get the core of the internal happiness, the internal peace, the internal optimism or joy, you know, those feelings, those gratitude, it weaves itself throughout the your entire life and business. Yeah. How can people make sure they're staying in tune with that? and make sure that they are building a soulful business and life as well. I think it's been super clear on what you want. And in my book, I always talk about soul goals. And it's such a thing to say in a Northern accent, a soul goal, but it's like a goal that is not what anybody else wants you to do. It's not a goal that you see on social media. I always ask the question, if you couldn't post this on social media, would you still want to achieve it? And I think a lot of the times people think, actually, if nobody else was on this earth or nobody else cared or no, I couldn't share it with anybody, I don't know if I would want it. And I had this situation where I had gone for a new car and it was like a vision board moment, going to the Mercedes garage and taking a look at all these cars. And I was like, wow, I can't believe like I can at this situation where I can afford a Mercedes. It felt so abundant to me. And they showed me this one car. Sorry to go into this, but you'll understand why I'm saying it. The road tax was like, £685 a year. And I was stood there and I was like, my ego is saying, but this car is so sexy. Like people will look at you in this car. But my gut, my soul goal was like, why are you going down that route of just because what other people will think? And then it was like, right, you know what? I'm not going to buy that car. I'm going to buy the one that's lower priced, but I still feel abundant in it. I still, you know, it's still an amazing car. I love it. I feel really abundant when I'm driving around in it, but I'm not following that ego desire because it might look good on social media. It might look good to friends and it might give them an impression of me. And this is what we have to keep checking in on. Keep checking. Is this an ego decision or is this a soul decision that you're making? Today's society is so driven by ego, isn't it? Yeah. It is so easy to get caught up in that. So I love that question. And I actually read the section on soul goals and was like, yes, like, I just love this. So that question of like, would you still do this if no one was watching? Like, it's really telling, isn't it? And it's so powerful in your business as well. And think, am I creating a blueprint of my business that suits me? Or am I creating a blueprint that suits everybody else's agenda, that is doing what everybody else is doing in the world? And actually let's bring it back and create a blueprint that works for you and I always say this like sometimes I'll launch things in business and you will never hear me launch them ever ever again because I don't feel connected to them again or 
I might run something three or four times and it becomes like this this huge part of the business, like the collective membership, for example, is a huge part of my business. But I listen intuitively and I think to myself, I don't actually care how other people sell, how other people show up, what the rules are. I'm using inverted commas there because I have to trust that I know best because I am the expert in my business. Nobody else is an expert in my energy, in how I connect with people. I have to remember that I am that expert. Absolutely. And speaking about the Manifestation Collective, that has gone through different iterations and in the past year i think it was you completely changed the way you operate that right and i'm guessing that was to make sure it stays aligned with how your soul goals change and how the feel and look of a soulful business has changed for you as well your goals can change over time and you need to stay in tune with is this ego or is this what i really want yeah like we say about the collective membership there that it was priced at 44 pounds and i was going through a real challenging health season that Fortunately, I'm out of now, which is amazing. But during that time, it felt like a lot was needed from me to keep this membership going at the rate that I wanted it to. And I sat down and it was when I was, I'd just come out of hospital and I had loads of time to just rest. And I thought I could keep going and keep charging people £44 a month and know internally that I wasn't putting the best work out there. Or I could strip the membership back so we have our goal setting session, we have a co-working session and we have a, a guest person that comes in and chats to us or I do a session like tonight. I'm doing an autumn equinox session, which is going to be amazing. But I knew that that price wasn't aligned to the amount that I could offer within the collective. So, so I went to them and I said, look, guys, I'm changing the price. It's going to move down to £30. And, and people were emailing me saying, in this climate, it feels so nice to receive an email to say that I'm charging you less. I'm not going to increase the prices. And it felt so good for me to be able to do that. So we still take 5% of all the income and we donate it to different charities each month. Like we've probably donated close to £3,000 now, just from every month we'll take 5%. And I still had to work that in there. It meant me earning less, but also it meant me freeing up so much energy and so much creative energy rather than always being on this wheel of go, go, go. And actually, the funny thing is, if anybody's listening to this that has a membership or wants to design a membership, the feedback that I got from people was, thank you. I'm glad that there's less things to do because I'm not beating myself up now that I'm missing the lives and I'm missing this and I'm not catching up. They were like, the less there is, the better I feel about myself because I can catch up, I can do the work that's needed and I can feel like I'm working towards something. So if you are creating a group program, don't feel pressured to put everything that you know and that you have in there to add more value because actually the value comes from the person doing the work on the other end and not beating themselves up for being overwhelmed. I was going to ask you about that, about how people reacted to it because I know from my experience in memberships that it can be really overwhelming and sometimes a stripped back model where you're going right obviously I've done this quite a lot I know that they get the value from these type of workshops from these type of activities stripping it back can provide people so much more value than overloading them with all this information at once it's just going just focus on this just do this and you'll be fine yeah and that's the thing it's helping people take tangible actions to make a positive change in their life I could create all the freebies and add all the bonuses, but if they're not doing it, what's the point? 
my end goal is for that person to experience a change. So therefore I will do what I need to do to make sure that they do that. And yeah, it's just, it's funny how you think, oh God, I wonder how people are going to react to a different price or, you know, and there's so much goodness in that membership now. Obviously it's been going for, oh God, I'm going to say 18 months at this point. I think it's about 18 months. So there's 18 masterclasses in there. There's 18, you know, there's more than 18 meditations. There's, There's so much in there for people to already lean into. They don't need the pressure of, oh my God, as well, I've got to do all of these lives throughout the month. And this stripped back version, I have experienced less churn. So churn is how many times people leave the membership or, you know, come back, whatever. There's 113 people in at the moment. There's supposed to be 111. So I've gone over a little bit. I capped the amount of people. It's about three people a month that decide to leave. And we usually average about 111 people. That's an incredibly low churn, which I think speaks volumes for the space that you've created for people. Like you're never going to have 0% churn. And especially in like the current economic climate, churn rates are going to be higher because people have a lot more scarcity. They need to be more careful with the money and choose where they're putting that. So I think that really does speak for the fact that you are offering value to those people because they're sticking around and they're going, no, do you know what? This is a priority. I need to be part of this. I took it so personally, though. When I first did the membership and people like would leave, I would think, oh, my God, what have I done to make somebody not want to be in this community anymore? And yeah, actually, and I, can, I know where it stemmed from because I work with mindset. I can see the pathway. What, what had happened is I launched the membership and it had been open maybe a week and somebody emailed me and she said, quite cut it. Well, it was cutting. I remember being in the cinema nearly wanting to cry. And she messaged me and she said, I don't see any value in the work that you do and your voice is really annoying. I can't listen to your meditations. Now, if anybody knows me, I've spoken about this story before. I had a real issue with starting a podcast or going live or anything because of how strong my Leeds accent is, was, and it was something that was already a trigger for me. So for somebody to actually email me and give me that evidence that actually some people do find the meditations annoying, it stuck with me. So every time somebody left then, I was like, oh my God, they don't find value in the work. They find me annoying. And then as time went on, I said, no, I cannot continue to think like this. I am going to wish every single person that leaves, I want to send them with the best energy. And I want to say to them, look, if you ever want to come back, then just message me. Do not go on that waiting list. Like You are welcome back with open arms anytime that you want. And what I found is There are so many people that have left because they're in different stages of life. And that's what it is. It's not about me. It's about their stage and season of life that actually I don't feel the need for a membership anymore. I don't need that support or I need to put this money in somewhere else. And I think in any state of business, we have to take the personal attachment away from it and realize that actually it's that person's choice and their grown adult decision of how they want to invest in their business and how they want to move forward at their own rate absolutely like it is out of your control you don't know what the circumstances are or why they're leaving so you can't internalize it and like beat yourself up over it but at the same time it's also hard if that is like a fear or an insecurity you have and then someone kind of validates that fear or that insecurity it will make it louder. So that is, I guess, a really hard thing to work through. I try to drown out that thought by 
looking for all of the evidence of people liking my voice so I've got messages saved from people from America saying oh you make me feel like I'm at home you know like I live abroad at the moment but listening to you is like listening to a family member or you know a friend or something I had to actively consciously lean on those messages to weaken that evidence of what that lady had said and to actually say no okay that was one person's opinion that is not the thought of the masses like I'm from Lancashire and to me the Yorkshire accent is one that's so like joyful and warm and like welcoming but you can't please everybody there's an author and I can't think who it is I'm going to probably remember after record that so I'll send you who it was he recorded his own audiobooks and then on Reddit, someone had posted complaining about his voice and being like, I love all the content, but I just can't get past his voice. I hate it. It grates on me. And he replied to them and he was <laughs> like, I can't change it. Like, that's my voice. Like, there's nothing I can do. It's just how I speak. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to have to find it and send it to you because it was really funny. But like, we all do it. And I know I do it even now with the podcast. Like, we have like a podcast past voice. We have like a telephone voice. And then we play it back and we're like, I don't sound like that. Like, if you heard me sat in a coffee shop with my mates and then you heard me on the podcast, like they're probably two different voices. Yeah, <laughs> I my friends always say about my podcast voice and saying like, that's not how you sound. I'm like, listen, I go into professional mode when I'm recording. <laughs> it's like my podcast voice. But what I'll say is, the thing that you are probably thinking is a flaw, is a negative, is more than likely going to be your superpower. It is going to be the thing that magnetizes soulmate clients to you. It's going to be the thing that magnetizes gorgeous energy into your life. And you might think, oh, you know, I don't like how I look, I don't know how I sound, you know, I mix my words up all the time. Actually, those are the things that are going to connect people who are perfectly aligned to who you are. It's your superpower. Yeah, 100%. This is something I talk about with personal branding clients and even people who I'm kind of writing their copy for them and trying to put more of them into it is be vulnerable, be bloody human. Talk about the shit times and talk about your flaws and your vulnerabilities and your insecurities and just show people that you are another human being. That is what's going to connect you with the right people. It yeah. makes such a difference. The people that I truly love in business, you know, like yourself, like Jane Carrington, like Sarah Tasker, there are people out there that are so open with the tough times. Sophie Cliff, for example, they will share the challenging seasons, but then they'll share how they moved out of it and they'll share what's going right. And it's that humanness of a business that connects people to them. Yeah. And I think that is key is sharing the negative, which are brings us full circle I guess back to what we we're saying at the start like sharing the negative but not dwelling in that space and making sure you surround yourself with those people who are honest about what's going on but they've got a vision and they've got a plan and they're going to move through it yeah I once heard a saying and it was I might butcher this but somebody said I want to show you the wound but I want to show you how I healed it and I was like, oh my God, like I love that idea of, do you know what? I'll show you that I've injured myself, like I've got a wound, but also let me come back when the plaster's off and it's healed and I'll let you know what I did. Yeah, I love that, like sharing both sides of it. Yeah. I am conscious of time. I could speak to you for hours. I want to hear about a couple of things. So I want to hear about the book you're currently writing and dive into that. And then I also just want to hear how can people get involved with you the manifestation collective and what you do like how can we make sure 
everybody out there is building a soulful business with you as their little like fairy godmother i love it so <laughs> Where you can find me is just I'm at the Manifestation Collective everywhere. So if you were to search them, it's on Facebook, Instagram. That's what the podcast is called. So that's where you'll always find me. And I have like a wealth of information on my podcast, on my blog, on Instagram. There's always free content out there. I've got like a freebie library that you can join if you join my mailing list. There's always things available that if you are in a position that you're not ready to invest or even join the membership or anything, there's always something to help you. I have the book as well. So the first book is called Manifesting for Beginners. That is just like a real deep dive, obviously, into an overview of how to manifest. But in, I'm not going to say in layman's terms, but really in a sense of if you were a complete beginner with manifestation, this is where you would want to go. And it's it really tells you how to integrate different practices into everyday life. So it's a really beautiful book, sold globally. And it's just, I put on my vision board like it was going to go to number one on Amazon. And I suddenly on the day that it was out for pre-order, I thought it was like 11.11, which is totally angel number. And I thought to myself, do you know what? Let me just go check on Amazon because the charts move so quickly. And on the movers and shakers list, the book was like at number one. And I took screenshots of everything that I could do on my phone, on my laptop. And then at that point, when the book came out, I was like, right. I don't have anything else in me. Like I could not write another book if you asked me to. And anyway, my publishers came to me and said, how would you feel about, whilst we've done the basics of manifestation, there are still a lot of questions that people want to ask and a bit more of a bespoke, personalized approach, if you like. And I thought about all the questions that people message me like, but how do I manifest my soulmate? Or how do I manifest my dream house? Or, you know, how do I manifest a, a new job or a promotion? So I kind of gathered all of the questions sorry, that people had asked me and I split into different chapters and I went to the publishers and said, look, I think this could work really well. So we're looking at love, money, career, life in general, home, friends and family. And within each chapter, there are seven popular questions that people have asked me. How do I do this? How do I do that? And I have given not only guidance, but exercises, tools, techniques, journal prompts, affirmations. It's such a tangible book. It comes out in September next year. I'm just like after this call, just running through the first draft. And then I have to hand it into my publisher, into my editor. So it will be a case of you can either read the book in its entirety and from front to back, or you can see what season of life you're in and think, actually, all I need to ask right now is, I don't know, how do I manifest a promotion at work? Because that's something that I speak about. Or how do I manifest soulmate friendships? Like I need more people that I feel connected to. And there are loads of different tips and ideas. So I want people to use it as a really tangible book. I love that. It sounds like the book is like your soulful guide through life. Like, yeah, that's what it is, right? Like you pick it up when you need it. Yeah, and 100%. Those are the kind of books I love. My all-time favourite book is Playing Big by Tara Moore. Might butcher her last love name. Book. But it's one of those where you've got all that guidance, you've got that advice, you've got the evidence and the science behind it. And then you've got the exercises and yeah. that book for me, I'm a spine breaker, dogged books, folded corners. And that book, all the corners on like the exercises are folded. I'm like, I'm going to come back and do that. I'm going to need it. And, I love yeah. that. I actually cried reading that book. I was on holiday and she just says the exercise of knocking on the door of future you and who opens the door and what do you see and hear? And I was on holiday just crying by my sunglasses. I was like, oh my God, I need to put this book down. <laughs> it's powerful stuff because it really gets you thinking about it. But I feel like 
your books are on that plane field. I mean, I say books, you've got one at the minute, but I've already trusted that your second book is on that same playing field in the sense that it meets people where they're at. Like you said, obviously, it's in like layman's terms. And I think that kind of puts it in a nutshell. Like your book, Manifestation for Beginners, it's open to beginners, but it's also open to people who have been through manifestation. They're already on that journey. And it just makes it really open and accessible. It puts it in a way where you're not, you're not like belittling it. You're kind of saying like, look, this is what it is. And you're also going, here's the evidence. Like, here's why I'm telling you about this particular thing. Here's how it actually impacts your gut and like your brain. I think some people overcomplicate manifestation as well. Sometimes like when I first discovered it, I was like, do I need to manifest a Lamborghini in a mansion to fit into this world of manifestation? Or do I need to be like this gorgeous, blonde, crystal-holding woman on a beach? And it was like, I'm not connected to any of that. And I had to kind of carve my own way of teaching manifestation. And I mean, embracing manifestation, most importantly, and experimenting it in my own life. So yeah. I can't wait for the second book. September next year? September 24. Yeah, it was meant to come out in April, but because I've been in hospital and stuff, we ended up having to push it back. And I trust the universe. Like, I I believe that it was always meant to be that date. I feel that kind of just reinforces, like, you can move the goalposts, like, you can move deadlines. It's not the end of the world. Like, April, no, we'll do September. (laughs) It's less than a year till it's happened. So it's fine. We're on the countdown for a year now. And the first draft is almost ready. Yeah, it's exciting. It's just. I've gone back to read what I wrote in like June and I'll think, Vicky, why the hell have you read that? I think I'm quite hard on myself because I want it to be as impactful as possible. And if something doesn't sit well with me, I have to go back and rewrite it. But anyway, we will get there. The deadline is until 29th of September. So plenty of time. We're okay. Yeah, I trust it's going to be brilliant and you can let go of that (laughs) desire for perfection. (laughs) Before you go, one question that I like to ask people is... You've got a day off work, responsibilities, duties, and you can spend your time however you like. What are you doing? Oh my God, I'm such a loner. I do this all the time. It's like, (laughs) I'm a loner. (laughs) Yeah, I'm like, I just love my own company so much. So I'll go for a massage. I'll probably take myself out for a nice lunch and I'll probably go to the cinema. Like going to the cinema in the afternoon is one of my favourite, favourite things to do just by myself. And my friends are always like, don't you get lonely? I'm like, do you actually have a conversation with somebody in the cinema? You don't. So why not just go and enjoy that? popcorn and hot dog and film by yourself so I think that's what I'd do going back to like your soulful business that solo cinema trip is a huge part of that right like you've built that in from the early days you remember me talking about this I always used to say I want a business where I could go to the cinema in the afternoon I don't have to work and I usually take Tuesdays off I normally take Thursday afternoon and then Fridays off and on a Tuesday I'll go to the cinema and just enjoy life and yeah yeah whenever I see you sharing your cinema trip I'm like so happy for you and it's a really basic thing right it's the cinema but like I'm like she's doing it she's at the cinema (laughs) I love it (laughs) thank you so much for joining me Vic it's been amazing chatting to you about all things manifestation soulful business and just doing what feels good deep within your gut it's been an absolute honor to talk to you and have you on the podcast thank you so much love thank you so much for having me Thank you so much for tuning in. I really hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you did, please leave a rating and review on Apple Podcast or let me know on Instagram at Tasman Lofthouse. I'd love to hear from you and I will see you next time. Bye.